What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boys back here once again on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, I am host with the most Sherm. Um, Obed is still out sick this week. Um, I'm not sure if he's on that Sam Darnold-ish or not, but hopefully he'll be better soon. Filling in for him once again is my boy Chris. Good to have you again, sir. What's going on with you? What's good, Sherm? Glad to be back. Yep, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, dude, man, what's going on with you, man? I've been t- I know we've talked last week, but you know, I, I know, I know, I wanted to ask. You, I know you're a big movie buff, dude. Any, well, any upcoming movies that I should be looking out for? Because I know you're always talking about movies. I want some recommendation. I haven't been to uh, seen a good movie in a long time. Oh, yo. I mean, this might not be your uh, forte. I, I think we actually talked about this, but Sherm, I haven't been as amped up for a movie in a long time as I am the the final saga. In the Star Wars, um, gosh, I don't know what you call it, not nine series <laughs> at this point, uh, the rise of the Skywalker. You have the Emperor Palpatine making his epic return from when uh, Darth Vader threw him over the chute. Oh my gosh, Sherm, it's gonna be so good. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I'm, not, I'm. I'll admit it, and this is probably blasphemous to say this, ladies and gentlemen, but I am not a Star Wars guy. I can honestly say I have not sat down and watched an entire Star Wars movie. I've seen clips here and there, you know, on TV going back middle, then the end, then the beginning, all like that. But I'll admit it. I know this is probably you might all the listeners out there are probably going to prosecute me for this. But, yeah, (laughs) I am not a Star Wars guy, unfortunately. But um, anyway, I appreciate the insight, dude. Anyway, let's get right into it. I want to start off with some basketball um, talk here. And bringing in our local NBA expert is my our boy, Anu. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while for you, man. We know we haven't seen you here lately on What's the Word Entertainment, but glad to have you back, sir. Um, I want to start off with the Warriors. You know, they started out 0-2 in the year. They finally won their first game against the Pelicans. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on their status right now? And then the rest of the league. To start off, what's up, guys? Welcome to you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate, you know, being back. Um, can we rephrase that question real quick? Sorry, it was the Warrior Warriors, man. Their thoughts, your thoughts on just really how they're how they're looking so far, you know, as the season just getting underway. I'm gonna use someone's words: atrocious. <laughs> they look horrible, man. Um, I didn't expect this bad of a start. Uh, I'm really, really surprised. You know, I expected them not to be, of course, who they were the last five years. But being down 30, 40 by halftime to Thunder in the second game, um, you know, come on. That's just, you know, you're just not putting any effort out there. Um, Draymond Green, he learned his lesson. He said he didn't set the tone. And you know what? Sure enough, he didn't. You know, he thought... I think I think he was trying to do it. I think they did it on purpose. I think he's trying to feel, feel his guys out, see what they bring to the table before he leads them. And now in the third game, he stepped up and, you know, got, got, brought them to their first win. Yep. And he had actually had a triple double last night against the uh, against the Pelicans. And, you know, when he you know he definitely doing his thing, you know, 16 points, 17 boards and tennises. When he fills out the stat sheet like that, the Warriors definitely have a good shot at it. Chris, I mean, you know, he was very he had some high criticism of his own team. Um, you know, where I guess where do you see the Warriors, I guess, outlook for this upcoming season? Well, Draymond Green is not a, a man known to minced words. Uh, he, he says it like he is, and that's, uh, I guess, one thing you can either love and or hate about him. 
Uh, but honestly, you know, it, really when it comes down to it for the Warriors, we knew it was going to be a step back, losing uh, perennial all-star and Clay Thompson out for the year with the uh, ACL injury, losing Kevin Durant, uh, who went to, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets. But really what it comes down to for these Warriors, it's not just losing that star power. It's the depth that they've had in years past. Their bench is what has always carried them throughout the season, you know, into a 70-plus win record and into the playoffs and, you know, winning three out of the last five titles. Um, when you lose glue guys like a Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, Leandra Barbosa, Bogut, you know, the list goes on and on. Their bench now, instead of filled with those veteran uh, glue players, is now all young, young players. So it's going to take a long time for them to come together. Mm-hmm. So, you said it best, they're atrocious right now. Um, I still think they're going to be a playoff team, but they're looking at a 6, 7, or 8 seed at best. Wow, yeah, that's saying a lot. As you said, you know, mentioned going to, what, five straight uh, finals, you know, I mean, it's definitely a, a step back for them. You know, like I said, they got their first hand, uh, first their first win at the hand of the uh, Pelicans, who, of course, were it was without uh, the number one overall pick, Zion Williamson. He's out for a few weeks with the knee injury. Anu, let me ask you this. You know, when when Zion does come back, how will this, you know, will, will he really make a drastic impact and we'll turning the Pelicans probably possible season around? Or will they kind of just be a very low, mediocre team or even subpar team, even with him back? They don't have enough pieces, even though Ingram looked good last night. What are your thoughts on the Pelicans out, you know, outlook when Zion returns? I think he's going to lift them right up. If they, if they, everybody else is already having a fresh form start and he's the type that he can just jump in. And you you saw what he did in preseason, right? Coming from, you know, being out of shape into preseason, right? And then he gets injured. Okay, no problem. But I think he's going to really be an asset and they could really make a, make a push to be, I, I think, between four and six, I would okay. say. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the, within the year. Okay. All right, four and six. All right, that's a, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big statement, especially coming out of the West. Um, you know what I mean? The West, as we know, is extremely deep. There's so many teams, you know, like teams like like we mentioned, you know, um, in previous times, like the uh, Lakers, the Clippers, of course, and and Houston as well too. Um, so you know, that's that's definitely like saying saying a lot there. Speaking of Houston, Chris, um, the uh, uh, what the Rockets, you know, they got they got a win last night against uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Westbrook getting getting his for a win against his former team. You know, they definitely showed out in this one here. I guess your thoughts, Chris, quickly on the Rockets, what their outlook is uh, this coming season. And, and also, if do you think this will work between James Harden and Russell Westbrook? The only way this is going to work between those two, if they play exactly verbatim like they did last night. Uh, Russ is the most explosive point guard in the NBA, not just currently, but probably of all time. When he's dashing and splashing to the rim like that, and then when he gets doubled or tripled, then he can kick it out to an open James Harden who needs to start making his three-pointers, then absolutely it can work for them. But I think uh, last night was a small sample size. Um, and honestly, I, I think it was more of an anomaly than it will be the norm. I do not see this working long term. The clashing, what we saw in the first couple of games, I think is more what we're going to see in the Rockets here. It's going to take a lot for them to really come together and, and work. Yeah, I knew. Same thing. Do you think this this uh, duo of Harden and Westbrook can work out long time? No, because look, what what the defense and offense? They're not that far apart, right? Um, one is with the ball, one is without. What does both require? Sacrifice. You know, you see that on the defensive side, right? And okay, if you do that on the defensive side, but you still need that on the offensive side. As as much as you need to be, to, you know, in conjunction with each other on the defensive side, you need that on the power, on on the parallel side for um, offense to win a championship long term, 
right? Short term, it's going to be nice, good, uh, great stories. Uh, it's going to look great short term. But when it comes down, you know, when you're when you're really in the rough, the diamond is going to burn you. Yeah, I feel you. No, I, feel, I mean, I'm, I'm actually on page with you guys. I don't think it's going to work long term. You know, they're both ball dominant players. And Chris, you said it. You said it perfectly, you know, about, you know, dishing out to Harden and him making those threes. He was three of 14 from three point range last night. You know, three of 14. First of all, dude, you're not Steph Curry. Let's be honest here. We all know he's not sure. You, there's no reason why James Harden should be shooting 14 threes in a game. But if you're only making three of them, that's a problem. You know, he still had 40 points. Uh, you know, well, and, and they got the win. Twenty-one at the line. <laughs> right. That's yeah. Line, by the way, that's like that's like Shaq numbers. Come on. And yeah, you're, it, you're guard. Right. Right. You know, he's yeah, he's getting to the line so much. You know, that's but that's 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 him though, getting to the whole penetrating you know down low, getting getting in down low and, and drawing the foul. So kudos to him for drawing those fouls. Going to, you know, and as you know, and quickly, I wanted to want to this is a little transition here. Speaking of foul calls, and new, I want to ask you this. Do you, as far as the the, the play or the referees in the in the, in the in the association, you know, do you think that their, their foul the foul calls are over the top at, at any point, whether it be the past and going into this season now that they should sort of let these guys play out more? Because I mean, we've seen fouls get called for just unnecessary ticky tack fouls, as they'll call it, just you know, barely even touching the uh, the player, the, the defender is getting called for a foul. I mean, this is definitely not. Where we grew up on the old, nine, old school '90s basketball, you know, getting damn near getting into fights and letting them go out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what are you? What are your thoughts of you know how the NBA has kind of transitioned into this? Though I guess you know, close, 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 close for contact calling. Me and you here were reporting as you know people of the past, right? So we're gonna like the the non ticky tack, right? But if you think about it, the, the NBA has grown with the modern generation. Mm-hmm. Right, modern civilization, and they they're they're accustomed to the ticky tack, and mm-hmm. they gotta keep appealing to today's world, right? So the ticky tack has to stay, as much as I, I want to agree that it has to actually go. Really? Yeah. I, that's, okay. I, honestly, I don't I don't like it, right? But mm-hmm. we can't do nothing. And the league, or meaning the players, the players in the league, and people coming in, especially mm-hmm. now with the one and done gone, they can use us in the G League as well. The people who get to go now and they get to skip college. Mm-hmm. Um. They should be studying James Harden. How does he get to the free throw line like a center? And if they're mm. able to produce those kind of points because they get to the foul line, the people from the G League will be it'll 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 help them get to the NBA, I think. And then mm. of course, if they, you're able to produce more, if mm. Dame Lillard, if you're already a top tier, you're like, oh, let me just study, study James Harden. Let me see how he's getting there and do that. I, mean, I I'm, I agree with what you're saying, but you know what? If, if I actually to, to the officials' credit. For as many uh, foul calls as they are calling, they're actually calling. You're noticing it early in this year. They're actually calling a lot more offensive fouls on a la James Harden. That first game, he had three or four offensive fouls for his little push-offs he does with his arm, throwing his hip out, his leg out. And I actually think it's kudos to him. So I think it's got to come full circle where, you know, you you, you protect the um, you protect the defender as much as you're protecting the offensive player. And they are doing that a little bit more. So I think it will work itself out. It's just going to take some time and getting used to, like a new set, getting used to today's NBA. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Anu, before we let you go here, I wanted to just get your take on a couple of things here. Last on last week's show, Chris and I laid out some predictions for this coming season. Um, One was, you know, who we think one will be rookie of the year, who possibly could win MVP, any finals matchup be. So let me get your thoughts first on who do you think would at will win rookie of the year in this upcoming season? 
although Zion is out for six weeks, I think he could still do it. But can't sleep on John, John Moran. Honestly, John. Uh, for some reason, I wasn't like you know feeling the guy. I saw what he did against Kyrie. This is what second, first, second, third game in. You know, being on Memphis, you know, you think, all right, I'm in a small market, I'm nobody, you know, because you. Know, but he still said no. You know what I'm saying? He still he, he he forgot about all that. He thought about his dad's criticism, and he's using that. He's not thinking of anything else. He's playing his game, and you know what? He's gonna give Zion a run for his money. So it's I think it's between them two. Okay, okay. Your thoughts on a possible MVP candidate this year? Or winner, I should say. You know, I've been hearing Steph Curry. Um, obviously, I'm a fan of his, but I don't know. Um, un- until things change around, we'll see. But James Harden has has another push again. Um, honestly, I think this is the best chance for Dane Lillard. Really? I think okay. this is. He's always been in discussion, but he's never even made like made it. Just discussion. He's never been past the discussion. Mm-hmm. This is his chance because just things are different now. It's just not all warriors. The eyes are everywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's it's not biased now because it, things have spread out. Dane has a better chance, right? And it looks like he's he has stepped up just from his energy that he's and his inertia that he's you know bringing forth from last season. You know, bye bye to the Rockets. You know, splitting that the whole organization organization apart. Mm-hmm. And you know they got they got some pieces you know over the summer. And you know th- this is his chance. Okay. All right. And quickly, your thoughts on a championship matchup. Who do you think will come out of the West and who do you think will come out out of the East? And then who do you think will actually win it all? West Clippers, East Bucks. Um, and I take, and I go with the uh, Clippers. Clippers taking it all. Okay. All because, right. because usually there's, a, there's a, you know, there's a, you know, th- duo or trio. You got a trio on defense. Now that's that's unheard. <laughs> Usually you got one two way player or like you know you kind of got like a team defense, but you got a trio. And honestly, you can make that four with uh, 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 Montreal. So you're talking about Leonard, PG, and Patrick Beverly, and then Montreal and Clippers. Absolutely, that's yeah. a beast. That's like back. That's almost that, that's the that's the closest we'll see to the back in the days uh, bad boy Pistons. Defense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> defensively, the Clippers definitely will be legit. Definitely, yeah. 100%. I'll agree with you there. Well, that's going to wrap up our section on uh, this week's and so section of the basketball news and from the NBA. Anu, thank you again for joining us. We appreciate it so much. Um, we'll look to having you back on again soon, all right? Absolutely, brother. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. Have a good all night. Right. All right. See you guys. See you, Anu. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Moving along, Chris, let's get into some other news. You had some news to uh, share, I think, about the NCAA. Is that right? Absolutely, Sherm. I'm not sure, you know, uh, how many of our listeners here got to see this because it kind of broke later in the afternoon. But uh, officially, the NCAA top decision makers have voted unanimously uh, to this Tuesday afternoon to uh, proceed in modifying the rules to allow college athletes to profit from their names, images, and likeness. Um, the Association Board of Governors, uh, they met this uh, Tuesday morning in Atlanta. Decision came out uh, a little bit after lunchtime. Uh, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith and Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman uh, presented their recommendations, but they've been spearheading for months now, um, presented it to the entire board, and they uh, voted unanimously that this is going to happen. As we know, California, the state of California, approved this about a month ago, and mm-hmm. there's been rumors of at least a dozen states that were on board that were going to jump on uh, on board with them as well. So now it's supposed to start getting implemented um, as early as April 2020 and hopefully come to fruition no later than January of 2021. 
Excellent. You know, that's that's definitely good to hear. I think we know, I think I've said it before on this on this show that, you know, I'm all for the players, you know, getting paid, you know, for things like that. Like I said, just want their likenesses and th- things like that, you know, their image. Why not? You know, it's not, you know, why not get paid for uh, somebody wanting you putting their face on a T-shirt or something like that? I don't think it's that big of a deal. So, you know, kudos to the, you know, NCAA. We'll give it up for them making the right call, which I, which I do believe is the, is the right call. Uh, so good news there. Let's, uh, be honest, let's be honest, Sherman. They didn't make the right call. They got, they got pressured into this call from the forces outside. Of it. They, no, I don't, I don't give the NCAA, NCAA kudos for anything because they're always <laughs> make the decision until they're basically their hand is forced into this. But most importantly, out of all this, I just want to know, Sherm, when are they bringing back NCAA football? I want to play with my Penn State Indy Lions. Like, come on. Dude, oh, my God. I know. I, I, th- I think we talk, I think you know, Ben and I may have mentioned this a few weeks ago. Yes, they need to bring back NCAA football to all video game platforms. I mean, that the last one they had was what? You know, four or five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Man, that is definitely something, you know, we've, we have missed. So I'm hoping be, being that, you know, this rule has passed, that all the players will agree to have this done and that this can bring it back. So I think this is in the right direction. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Chris, because I know some of our viewers, you know, are our video video game heads. Um, so I'm, I'm glad. I'm definitely glad you mentioned that. So I'm hoping you're. I'm on. The, I'm on with you, man. I'm definitely going to hope that they bring that and back I, for sure. And I want to do. And I hope they they allow it to do a rollback to previous teams because I want my all century team and I want Saquon Barkley to run all over college football NCAA. I'm sorry. Say what? Say say Saquon. Saquon. Okay, that's what I thought you said. Okay, cool. I'll go. <laughs> um, speaking of some other college news, let's get into some college football action. Just recapping Week Nine quickly here. Man, the biggest upset of the weekend, of course, was Oklahoma losing to then unranked Kansas State. Man, that was definitely a big one in the Big Twelve. Um, what they lost? What forty-eight to forty-one? Now Jalen Hurts still had a good game. You know, he wasn't like he did poorly. You know, he what? It was what nineteen of twenty-six for three hundred ninety-five yards and a, and a score. And he also ran for three more scores. So, I mean, just giving up forty-eight points not really the best look. Do you think Oklahoma is still in the position to possibly make it into the college football playoff, Chris? Well, first off, you know. I, I... You know, hats off to uh, Chris Kleiman and the Kansas State uh, football program. I think that was a great win, a staple win to, to put them um, in a very positive way moving forward. Uh, Oklahoma, this is a huge loss. Um, you know, we've been saying all year, you know, there could be possibly two teams coming out of the SEC to make the college football playoffs this year. So everyone else needed to be spotless. Um, Jalen Hurts, I believe, is still in the running for the Heisman. But uh, unless, you know, some other factors happen um, – Alabama loses to LSU and then LSU loses, you know, in the SEC championship. Um, I think it's going to be extremely difficult for Oklahoma to make it into the college football playoffs. Yeah, I'm on with the, you know, this definitely hurt their chances quite a bit, but who you know, maybe they can turn it around. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, another big match was Michigan shutting down Notre Dame 45 to 14. Wow, you know, what a performance by them. We were, I think, criticizing the Wolverines, especially John Harbaugh, quite, quite a bit. Um, so your take on Michigan really just dominating the Irish? Well, I think this, uh, this you know, for Jim Harbaugh has to be very satisfying. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Hearing so much criticism from, from everyone, including ESPN's own Paul Feinbaum, who has uh, repeatedly called for Jim Harbaugh's job. Um, but we know his affinity for the SEC team, so we'll just leave that at that. But um, <laughs> this was a great win for Michigan after coming off a, you know, a, a hard-fought, and, and very 
a gut-wrenching loss to Penn State the week before. I honestly thought they had no chance at this, Sherm. I, I thought Notre Dame was going to win this by a touchdown or more. Uh, but, yeah, mm. Michigan, Michigan, it was a big win for them. Does this save Jim Harbaugh's job? Not sure, but um, for now. So, for now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they still have got to play, what, Ohio State at the end of the season. So, you know, I mean, I they can't have more than three losses. That's for sure. If they have if they have four losses, you know that's definitely gonna hurt him. But they you know uh, that's definitely this is this is a big win for them. You know in the right direction for Jim Harbaugh. Um, Shane Shane Patterson had a very very mediocre game. He still came out with six of twelve for hundred yards and two scores. So you know not didn't light it up. They need more production out of that position, Sherman. They haven't had it all year. Shea Patterson has not turned into the player that they recruited. Um, luckily for them in this game against Notre Dame, they did have the rushing game going. Um, you know, between Haskins and Charbonnet, they had over 200 yards um, and two TDs. So moving forward, they're going to need a lot more out of Shea Patterson if they want to even have a chance at competing with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one was Ohio State over Wisconsin, 38-7. to 7. Uh, The Buckeyes looked legit from start to finish. You know, Justin Fields had an okay game, 167 and two scores. But J.K. Dobbins running that rock, 163 on the ground and two scores himself. You know, J.K. Dobbins, you know, he's definitely, uh, you know, looking like, you know, one of the best backs in, in the uh in the, in the country, you know, and speaking of the other side, Jonathan Taylor was slated to be a top premier back, but he got shot down only for 52 yards. You know, is Ohio state pretty much just locking in, you know, as what is one of the premier team, maybe of the top two teams in the country, Chris. As much as this uh, pains me to say as a Penn state alumni, uh, absolutely. Ohio state is the best team in college football. They are absolutely dominant on both sides of the football on both lines, offensive and defensively. Um, and they're built for a long run in the college football playoffs and beyond uh, because they can do two things very well. They can, they can run the ball and they can stop the run as we saw with them stopping Taylor. Um, Ohio state looks like they are on uh, cruise control right now. I really was not expecting them to dominate Wisconsin the way they are. Um, this is really going to hurt Wisconsin's chances of making the Big Ten championship game now. You know, even though they are on the uh, Big Ten West on the opposite side of Ohio State, they still have Minnesota, who's undefeated, by the way, very surprisingly, and mm-hmm. Iowa ahead of them. Um, they're going to need a lot of luck to make it to that uh, Big Ten championship. And then even if they do, Sherm, I think it'll be the same result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. The other big game this past weekend was uh, LSU versus Auburn and LSU came out with that victory just barely by three. They now they leapfrogged Alabama as the number one team in the, in the polls, Joe Burrow, another good, another good game out of him, man, 321 and through the air and, and, and a score and even one on the ground. Chris, your thoughts on Joe Burrow's possible chances of winning a Heisman at the end of the year. Chances, Sherman. I think he's the front runner, uh, especially with Tua going down with the uh, unfortunate injury and, he might not even be able to play in the LSU game. That is still a coin flip at this point. Mm-hmm. Burrow, I mean, he wasn't even on Mel Kuyper's top five quarterbacks uh, to look at for this year's NFL draft. He's now slated up behind um, Justin Herbert and Tua, and he may be sliding up into that number one spot as the top quarterback taken in the draft this year. If you look at his numbers, uh, almost 3,000 yards passing already, 30 touchdowns, only four interceptions, and a QBR of 91.4. This Young man is on fire. Kudos to him. He obviously put the work in in the offseason, and it's definitely showing now. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's low, leading LSU, like I said, to the number one team in the country right now. So, you know, definitely kudos to him. Kudos to him. I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for that matchup in a couple of weeks. We've got LSU and Bama. You know, that's going to be, I think, the premier matchup. I think you mentioned it before. You know, with what either one of them, you know, comes out with that victory, you know, and and, and I think, let's say, the, the one of the one you know, goes to the the other one goes to the SEC title and even loses. You could still possibly end up winning, having two teams from the SEC in the college football playoff. But, man, LSU's looking good. Joe Burrow, like you said, it's been on fire. I was not expecting this out of Joe Burrow at all. I really was not. Like I said, in the beginning of the year, I was all in on, on Jalen Hurts, even on Tua. I like Justin Fields out of Ohio State very much so. But you have to give credit where credit is due. Joe Burrow, I'm still, I'm still leaning towards Jalen Hurts. This guy's because he's doing it on the ground as well. So, but I, Joe Burrow is 100% a legitimate Heisman candidate. Uh, moving on, our last here on college football this week, looking ahead at this week's matchup in week 10 of the college football season, the biggest game probably this week is what Georgia versus Florida. You know, I'm going to take Georgia in this one. Georgia needs this one more than Florida does. Even though Florida is ranked number six, Georgia is number eight. But, you know, we all know Georgia coming off that loss earlier this year to South Carolina. I like Jake Fromm a lot. I think he is a true, true um, quarterback and talent possibly for the NFL. I do like this kid. So I'm going to go with Georgia on this one, Chris. Yeah, sure. I'm with you on this. Uh, Georgia, you know, has a lot to, to do to really, as sad as it says, to salvage their season, even if they only end up with one loss or two. Uh, they need this for their program. Florida, um, you know, they, they, they played well at times this year, and then other times they haven't. I mean, they're middle of the pack right now, points for scoring a game 32.5. That's only about middle of the pack out of 130 teams or 46. And points against are actually 126. So they're letting up a lot of points in these games. I think Georgia wins this actually handily. I'm going to say by 10. Wow. And, you know, Florida's got an easier schedule remaining on uh, for the rest uh, compared to Georgia. This is the last ranked opponent that Florida pays. But looking at Georgia's upcoming schedule, obviously they have Florida, as you mentioned. Then they've got they've got to play at Auburn and even and they've got a home game against Texas A&M. And, of course, if they win out, they'll probably be in the SEC title game against the winner, you know, probably between Bama and LSU. So, I mean, Georgia definitely needs this one. You know, I mean, Florida needs it too, don't get me wrong. But, you know, Georgia wants to be back there, back on to prove that one of their, they're one of the top-tier teams. And like I said, uh, Jake Fromm, he's, he's doing he's, – he's got, you know, what, decent numbers this year. You know, uh, I still like him as, you know, a, as a um, premier uh, quarterback in the, in the country. And like I said, I do think he's that typical um, professional uh, pro quarterback. He's what, he's what, thrown for over 1,400 yards this year, only nine touchdowns. You know, but hopefully he can turn it around for them and get them going. Let's get keep this football train on rolling. Let's get into the professional world here of uh, football action. So uh, recapping you know, a little bit of what happened last past week in week eight around the league. Man, the biggest storyline for me coming off of what is a, another disappointment for a one of the premier players in the league, Chris, J.J. Watt. The Texans all-pro defensive end is out for the remaining part of the season due to a torn pectoral. Man, uh, dude, I feel bad for this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's had so many, many injuries, Chris. What, what are you, what do you think? What, what should he do here? Should he retire? Should he just give it up? I mean, he's been hurt all the time, right? Sherman, you, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, this uh, young man, um, he's he's gone through a lot of injuries and a lot of serious injuries, missed some serious time. Um, and this isn't anything to scoff at. A, a torn pectoral is a pretty serious injury. 
Um, and it's a tough rehab process at, in, in that. So, I mean, he could possibly be out for six months to nine months. Um, I think, you know, he's done everything that he needs to do in his career besides win a Super Bowl. Three-time defensive player of the year. Um, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that goes without saying. Um, if I was J.J. Watt, I would take a serious look at that in my offseason. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, he's had so many injuries, dude. I mean, like I said, he's a beast. He's a monster. We all know his work ethic. Uh, so it's just, it's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, this has happened, happened to again, such an elite player. Once again, we go along the 49ers dominating 49ers that again, dominating the Carolina Panthers, woo, coming out with that big victory, man, uh, the 49ers look legit, dude. I mean, I think we mentioned it before on this couple in this show, but man, winning 51 to 13, I was not expecting this at all i don't know about you chris but i know i was not expecting this out of them this kind of winning in this fashion against carolina because carolina was what i was on a roll winning four in a row with their with their young quarterback kyle allen while cam newton is out but man you know all facets of the game you know is whether it be passing running and even on the defensive side dude nick bosa is a beast mm. right i mean I, I mean what do you, what your thoughts on the 49ers uh, I mean, speaking to, to what you were saying about Nick Bosa, not only do I think is he going to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year rookie, but I think he might win Defensive Player of the Year, uh, which would be unheard of. Uh, absolute beast, terror from, from any direction he comes from. He is He's really fun to watch, actually. Um, 49ers, they are up at the top in regards to best teams in the league. Uh, they're right there with, you know, the Green Bay Packers, obviously the New England Patriots and who they are, especially on the defensive side. Um, but really, I still think the most complete team is the New Orleans Saints. And now that they've got their sheriff back, their their leader in Drew Brees, who looked like he <laughs> did not take five weeks off, you know, and Teddy Bridgewater stepping in admirably and doing a great job and making a great case for where his future is going to go, whether that's with the Saints or another team. Uh, but Drew Brees coming in there, like, you know, leave, left, looked like nothing ever happened, you know. So I think they are the best team, but the 49ers mm-hmm. are definitely in the conversation. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I mean, I'm still on the New Orleans Saints as well, too, just because now that you're you're winning games with your backup quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater, and now you're winning, you know, Breeze's Brack, you know, look look great in that game, you know, down in New Orleans against Arizona. So kudos to the Saints there. Um, also, the Packers, they're they're still on a they're still on a roll too. Your boy, your boy Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things, coming out with that victory over the Chiefs, albeit without. Uh, my homie Mahomes, of course, but man, the Packers are seven and one. They're getting they're getting it done. Rodgers, another three oh five through the air and three scores. Man, are there is a is a riding the front runner for MVP right now, Chris? Sherman, you saw that touchdown pass that he threw to the back of the end zone, falling away, no look, slinging look like to any other quarterback. You would say he was just throwing that away. But that's what Aaron Rodgers does. You know, we look at, we look at your boy, Mahomes, Deshaun uh, Watson, excuse me. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, he's the OG. He was letting everyone on notice. Like, hey, we love these young guys. We love what they're doing. They're great for the league. This is the future. But, hey, I'm still Aaron Rodgers. I am that bad man. Yeah, he's. He's that dude. Aaron Rodgers is that dude. 100%, man. Dude, he's, like I said, he's doing Aaron, and he's doing what Aaron Rodgers does. He's doing Aaron Rodgers things, and that's just what he is, man. Other quarterback news I noticed today that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals will be benching 
their franchise QB, Andy Dalton, for backup rookie Ryan Finley. Is is this kind of the turning point for the Bengals? You know, that are they going to be think possibly moving on from Andy Dalton? Or do you think that they're just kind of giving up on the season because they're, they're winless? Well, they've got to look to their future, Sherman. And and basically when it comes down to uh, – comes down to it for the Cincinnati Bengals in this offseason they've got three tiers of quarterbacks they're going to be looking at they're going to be looking after the um the the veterans that can step right in and play a solid role next year a la Teddy Bridgewater or they can go with the guy they drafted and looking at him in Ryan Finley or they have about a pool of three to four quarterbacks coming out in this 2020 draft uh that they can look at to see if they're going to build around their future so I think it was the right move at the right time for the Bengals um and then you know get Andy Dalton you know out of here um he's done absolutely nothing I I, I equate him to the Jeff Fisher uh, of quarterbacks he, if, you, <laughs> if, if you want eight and eight seven and nine nine and seven Andy Dalton's your guy yeah, they the Bengals have been very very mediocre since he's come in the league. So I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, you know they they just need either I don't know if it's he needs a lack a lack of weapons. It's the defense, the coaching staff. I mean, you know Marvin it's Lewis had AJ Green as his main receiver throughout the, the most amount of time of his career. He's had AJ Green his entire career. I think believe they were in the same draft together, if I'm not mistaken. You know. Yeah. But, you know, but, you know, uh, I mean, what you had Marvin Lewis for years, years before one playoff appearance or one victory. I mean, all those, what, eight, nine, ten years, whatever he was there, you know. So I don't know what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. They like like you said, you want to be eight and eight. You want to be maybe nine and seven. That's the team. That's the team to do it. And that's your quarterback. Moving along, let's get into our our, our typical uh, talk here on you right, you mad. And the first question I'm going to ask you, Chris, is actually back to the Bengals, which we just mentioned, and before I aforementioned AJ Green. And today was the was we know it was the trade deadline around the league, and the Bengals didn't make any moves as far as AJ Green is concerned. So my my question to you, or my statement to you, is whether on you you right, you mad is the Bengals should have traded AJ Green. Sherman, you. Definitely right. I mean, <laughs> this young man has done everything that he's been asked for. And unlike most wide receivers we see in today's NFL, the me, me, me mentality, he's very much been a team player, uh, head down, lunch pail, work ethic. And all he's done is produce. Uh, he's been a top three or four wide receiver in every category since his rookie season. Um, and, and obviously this team is going nowhere. I think the Cincinnati Bengals did him a disservice by not putting him in uh, contention and putting him on a team that can have a potential to let this Hall of Fame player get a ring. Yeah, um, man, he. I feel like he deserves it um, so much. He needs to be on a winning team because, dude, he's just – his talent is going to waste. A.J. Green is a top five, maybe top six wide receiver in the league. And the fact that he's just on this mediocre team, as we mentioned, with a mediocre quarterback in Andy Dalton, it's an absolute travesty. So he needs to be on a better team. Um, all right, my last question here on you right, you mad. The problem in Cleveland is more on the head coach, Freddie Kitchens, than on the quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Sherman, you mad. <laughs> Definitely mad. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Baker Mayfield, you know, obviously when you come in, you know, your second year, teams have film on you. They, they've studied you now. They know some of your things. Baker Mayfield is not the scrambler nor the athlete that we see some of these young um, quarterbacks out there like a Josh Allen or even to some respects at Mitchell Trubisky, even though we all know he has his problem. Uh, but, but, but Baker Mayfield, the one thing that you could always say with complete confidence is that this kid was accurate. This kid could hit that guy in the tightest windows 
And he hasn't been doing that this year because his mechanics are right. off. He's back leg and he's just not making good decisions and 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 yes first year uh head coach freddie kitchen has a lot of work to do but i think a lot more of this has to go on baker than it does the head coach at this point yeah no i mean it's it's not a hot take at all like i said yeah you know i i don't think it's you're far off at all chris but yeah i think the browns just need to do do to do something because no one was expecting this out of this season. There's all this hype going into this season from, from me, myself, I'll admit it, you know, but going two and five, that was not expecting this. They've got it. They have a rough, rough schedule. I'll, you know, I'll admit it, you know, coming off this loss, obviously to the, to the Patriots to play the Seahawks week before the 49ers a week before that. And even the Ravens before that, the Rams, you know, so this, this season, this year's schedule does not favor them at all, but man, it's, it's looking real rough. They need to turn things around pretty quickly. Chris, let's get into the last portion of the show. This is when we are making our picks. Um, last week, we I pretty much we did okay. Uh, going into this week, again, Obed has made his picks offline. We have all the same picks again this week except for one. So, guys, I will let you know which one that is. But, Chris, let's just get right into it. San Francisco at Arizona. I'm going with San Francisco here, of course. As we mentioned, they're one of the best teams in football. How can you, how can you go against them, against Arizona rookie QB, rookie coach, even though it's in Arizona. Arizona's playing better than they when they first started, I'll admit it, but San Fran is just too much for them. Sherman, this is actually my hot take of the week. I'm going with the upset here. Um, I, I think I think Arizona, this is gonna be the win of their season right here. Um, and don't get me wrong, I don't think they're going to go on some type of crazy run and, and end up being a playoff team, but I think this is gonna be a big win. Kyler Murray is gonna ball out at home, prime time, Sunday night game, and they're Thursday gonna night. win. Thursday night, game. Thursday, night, Thursday night game on a nail biter. Oh, okay. I like the hot take. Um, next one, Houston at Jacksonville. D. D. Watson still doing his thing. I'm going to Houston all the way. Minshew, the Minshew mania is looking the kind of subpar of past couple weeks, but I'm going to Houston. Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're rolling right now. Deshaun Watson, the MVP candidate, looking phenomenal out there. I got Houston in this as well. You have Washington at Buffalo. Buffalo's coming off that that rough rough loss against Philly at home, but man, Washington is just awful. I have to go. I have to go Buffalo all the way. Yeah, Washington is an absolute train wreck. If they win more than two games this year, I'll be completely surprised. I got Buffalo by twelve. Yeah, and Washington did get their All Pro uh, tackle back Trent Williams. He did report today, ending his holdout. But still, too too much Buffalo in this one. Minnesota at KC. I'm gonna go Minnesota. However, if Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to play, that could change my thought on this one. I don't think he would be. I don't think he should play. I think he needs to be out for at least a couple more games. So, but I will go Minnesota at this one. Yeah, this is a big game for Kansas City because if they lose this game, I mean, in all honesty, playoff outlook is not that good. They're definitely not going to get home field if they lose this game. So, and, you know, even if Patrick Mahomes does play, I'm still worried about them winning that game. Um, I, I'm with you, Sherm. I got Minnesota winning this one by four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be their, this. if they the Chiefs do lose this game, this will be their fourth loss. Fourth loss excuse me, they'll be five and four. Playoffs are looking, looking real rough. They're going to need Mahomes back pretty soon. Um, the New York Jets at Miami. Uh, who knows? This one, I think this one could go either way. They're both bad, but I'm just going to say the Jets just literally just because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I got, I'm really wondering about this game, Sherman, because you know, there was a lot of talk 
uh, before the trade deadline today that they might actually, the Jets might be moving on from, uh, you know, Pro Bowl or Le'Veon Bell, who they acquired in the offseason from the Steelers and paid him a nice contract. Um, and, and we knew that, you know, there was some conflict going there between Adam Gase and him, and Gase was not on board with that move. Um, I'm wondering if they can right. play him this week. I got Miami in a stunner. I got them winning their first win of the season. Wow. And, you know, it was also reported that possibly they might be looking to trade uh, star safety Jamal Adams, which was in, which is insane. He's, one of the, he's probably one of the best safeties in the league. And, all, you know, so I'm going to say Jets. But, man, this this game, I feel like it's just going to be a mess. Uh, Chicago at Philadelphia. Chicago coming off a tough loss against the Chargers last week, you know, missing that field goal at the end there. But, man, uh, I'm going to go Philly. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what Matt Nagy's doing. I'm going Philly in this one. By Philly, Philly by 10. Yeah, this is going to be in Philadelphia. If, if it was turned around the other way, I think it would be a lot closer game. But I'm with you, Sherman. I think Philadelphia uh, has got a little momentum here going. I think they win this one by a score. Okay. Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Man, Jacoby Prissett is looking real good for the Colts this season. You know, Pittsburgh coming off, uh, you know, a, a sort of tough win on Monday night against Miami, which was kind of weird. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go Indianapolis here. Yeah, sure. My, my Steelers, you know, they're, you know, they're doing what they can with what they've got, which isn't a lot. <laughs> um, I think the Colts are going to win their division this year, actually, uh, beating out the Houston Texans. That's, I've been saying that all year. Um, gosh, Sherm, this is tough for me. It's in Pittsburgh. This is going to be an extremely close game. I'm going to go Indianapolis by a field goal. Okay, okay. Tennessee at Carolina. I'm going to go Carolina coming, you know, coming, like I said, coming off that, that thrashing of the, at the hands of the 49ers. Carolina is going to turn it around. Not sure if Cam is still going to be back this week, but even still, even with Kyle, Kyle Allen at the helm, I'm going to go Panthers this one. Gosh, who even is the quarterback anymore for the Tennessee Titans? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> It's, no, it's, no. it's Ryan Tannehill, as we know. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I'm sure he's very happy to be out of Miami right now. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Yeah. This is going to be a tough one. Uh, both teams really need the win here. Um, gosh, yeah, I, I got Tennessee in a nail-biter. We're going to probably 24-21. Okay, Detroit at Oakland. Um, you know what's funny? I had Detroit. I switched it to Oakland. Um, but I'm, I think I'm going to stay with Oakland. I almost want to switch Detroit. So I'm going to go Oakland by, by, by seven, but don't be surprised if Detroit pulls this one out, maybe by three. Well, Sherm, um, I got a hot take for you right now, uh, in the world series game six, the Houston Astros just took the lead on a huge home run shot. They're now leading the Washington Nationals two one. Oh, all right. I'm not sure what I have to do with the picks, but okay. Thanks. Thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> this is breaking news for our audience who's listening to us right now at 8.30, okay? So I had to let them know. But in regards to the picks, uh, yeah, I take Oakland, too. <laughs> all right. Tampa Bay at Seattle. Seattle, definitely too much for Russell Wilson. Another MVP candidate right there with your boy A-Rod. Seattle all the way. Yeah, this one's not going to be close. They win this one by 13. Yep. Uh, Cleveland at Denver. Cleveland has to win this game. I know Flacco was criticizing the play calling in last week's game, but Cleveland has to, has to win this game. If they win, this, if they lose this to Denver, who is subpar at best, going two and six, their season's done. I'm saying, I'm saying Cleveland by 13. Uh, Sherm, you hit it right on the head. I mean, they have to win this game. Uh, the Denver Broncos won't even have Joe Flacco with a herniated disc. I mean, you know, there is no reason that they, they lose this game. If they lose this game, um, in all honesty, Freddie Kitchens might be out of a job. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Green Bay at the Chargers. Man, I think this is a no-brainer. <laughs> Green Bay, uh, like we mentioned before, Aaron Rodgers is doing what he does best. I'm so disappointed in the Chargers, though, this season. Even with getting Melvin and Gordon back, I thought they'd be way better than what they are, you know. Um, but to be honest with you, but I'm going to go Green Bay all the way. Green Bay by 14. Yeah, they're the biggest disappointment of, of the NFL season thus far. Um, you know, Green Bay, it, 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 they're a juggernaut right now. And what looked on paper to be a great matchup at the beginning of the season has turned out it's going to be a shellacking. Uh, I'm with you, Sherm. I got them winning this by two scores. Yep. Um, the Sunday night matchup here is New England at Baltimore. This is the one difference that Obed and I have in our picks. I'm actually going to go Baltimore this year. I know everyone's talking about the about the past. They're undefeated. You know, they can't do no wrong. But, man, uh, I got to say, the, the, the Ravens usually always play the, play the Pats well at home. This is, the game is in Baltimore, folks. Prime time, Sunday night. You know, this is where I think the Patriots do get their first loss of the season. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to go off. They're going to they're going to they're going to shut their run game down for the Patriots. They're going to run the ball well themselves. Um, I think this is where the Ravens really prove that you know they are a elite team to be you know a team to be reckoned with this season. And I think this is where they hand the Pats their first loss. Sherm, uh, you know I, I'm sorry. I hate to disagree with you. You know you're my boy, but you have to understand that the New England Patriots have literally scored as many touchdowns on defense as they have allowed in eight games. This defense is just absolutely overwhelming. The amount of, um, they, they're just so blanketed on defense, especially in that secondary. It's unreal. Like what they did, what they did to your boy Sam Donald a couple weeks ago had him seeing ghosts. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is going to get slowed down in this game, not stopped. Um, and, and really, you know, I don't think he's the passer yet to tear apart a defense one by one and the Patriots are just so good in that secondary I have them winning this by I'll say a touchdown I know don't get me wrong Chris I agree I you know get everything you just said that defense is 100% legit they're the, probably the best defense in football the number one defense in fantasy football for sure without a doubt they're killing it on the points like you said he's scoring more you know than anything but man I just think like I said the Ravens match up so well with them each and every time like I said prime time in Baltimore that's why if it was in New England I'd be going New England all the way 100% but just because it's in Baltimore you know I'm, I'm gonna go the Ravens here this is the one game I think the Patriots to get tripped up if they win no it's not really a hot take because they're all expected to win I get that so I'm just saying upsets happen all the time we see them happen I just think there's the Ravens come out with this one here and like I said this is the one we we all bet and I differ he's going with the pass of course in this one and the Monday night match matchup is Dallas at the New York football Giants. I'm going to go Dallas in this one. The Giants are just, you know, very bad, you know, kind of mediocre. Dallas needs it to keep, you know, they're coming off that bye. They got that other, they got their win out there. They're losing three in a row, but they, they obviously need the win, of course, you know, to get ahead in that division. So I'm going Cowboys by 10. You know, Sherm, I actually think it's going to be a lot closer game uh, than what the spread's showing out to be right now. Um, I actually think it's going to be statistically and fantasy-wise a very good day for anyone that owns uh, the rights in their league to Mr. Saquon Barker and Daniel Jones. I actually think they're going to get a lot of points against Dallas, um, but I do think Dallas pulls it out at the end. I'm going 28-24 Dallas. Okay, I'm going to go 31-21 Dallas on this one. Like I said, Dallas by 10. But, like, you're right. I think the Giants will put up some points. Yes, the Giants, they will They will get some points on the board. Saquon may go off. I still think Dallas comes out with that victory. 
Well, Chris, I think that's going to wrap it up this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. I'd like to thank you once again for filling in for our our, our host, uh, Obed. You know, hopefully he'll be joining us back again next week. You know, he'll be recovered and fully ready to go. Chris, any last words for the people? No, you know, enjoy, enjoy this weekend's slate of games um, in both in college and the NFL. It's going to be uh, a, a great weekend. Yep, absolutely, Chris. Guys, thanks again for listening. You know, for Chris, this is Sherm. We'll see you on next time. See ya. Peace. Peace and love.